Hello, everyone. My name is Kayla. And I'm Steph. And welcome to the Witch Story Podcast. We have a little bit of a surprise for this episode. This week is a special edition of the Witch Story Podcast, as we will not be speaking about witch trials or persecutions, but we will actually be talking about the celebration of Ostera. Yeah! <laughs> Ostera falls on Friday, March 20th if you live in the Northern Hemisphere, which is where Steph and I live. If you live in the Southern Hemisphere, people are celebrating Mabin or Mabin. It is the holiday of the autumn equinox. But today we'll be talking about Ostera, the history of it, what you can do to celebrate, and all that fun stuff. After being cooped up in the winter, especially with COVID, I am so excited for springtime. You have no idea. Yeah, I'm excited for April. I'm not excited for all the rain. Actually, you know what? I am. I am excited for rain. I love the smell of rain. Mm -hmm. And like, it just makes me happy because like, as soon as rain comes, I'm like, oh, things are going to grow now and everything's going to turn green. And I just love green. Green is my favorite color. (laughs) This is the first time that I actually had the winter off and I was super excited to do winter things and we got Mm -hmm. two snowfalls. (laughs) Yeah, we had the worst winter and it's like predicted that now our warmer months, so our summertime is going to be like almost longer than wintertime just because of climate change, which makes me very sad. They've been getting really hot too. Like you would think Canada yeah. doesn't get hot, but it's like 40 no, degrees hot. humid in Ontario. It. Yeah, I hate it so much. I don't like I, the heat. <laughs> I love it, but I work outside, so I'm just dripping. Yeah, that's so true. Like, I don't know. It's a love-hate thing. I like it. I just don't like how it makes me feel sometimes. Like, it's like I just feel my skin expanding. <laughs> I feel like I'm just going to blow up because I'm so hot. Oh my God. <laughs> and then my, my face just gets really like flushed and I don't know, like the sun makes me feel good, but then too much of it, I'm just like done. <laughs> yeah. Sunstroke. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. <laughs> so I used to absolutely not even care about springtime. Like I was total summer baby. I just loved being outside. But as I grew older, I learned to appreciate it. And honestly, Ostera has become one of my favorite Sabbaths to celebrate because, you know, it's a time of light and growth and love. And also because of the equinox, the balance really, I think, like calms me down and I get to look forward to longer days now that the winter is put behind us and spring is ahead. So it's just like a lovely time of year. Um, Oh, sorry. When I say Sabbaths, I should explain. Ostera is one of eight basically holidays that is observed by Wiccans and Pagans and as part of the Wheel of the Year. Yeah, and Ostera is the fourth holiday in the Wheel of the Year. I feel like we should um, explain the Wheel of the Year. We should explain the Wheel of the Year, yeah. Basically, like, the Wheel of the Year represents each, each, oh, wow. <laughs> each seasonal holiday for Wicca. The first is Samhain. Samhain is the 31st of October, and this is actually known as the Witch's New Year. It's probably the most important of them all. Usually associated Um, with Halloween. Exactly. And next comes Yule, which is basically Christmas, which has a long pagan history before it became Christmas. And then follows Imbolc. Imbolc is like the precursor to spring. So it's when people start planting bulbs in the ground, like tulips and things like that unless Mm -hmm. you plant them in October beforehand. 
but it's preparations for spring. And then comes Ostera, which is basically the holiday celebrating the spring equinox and the fertility of, you know, seeds and what is to come um, in the warmer months. And then the following holidays are Beltane, which is May Day, which is 1st of May usually. And then Leva in June, Lunasa in August, and Mabin or Mabon, however you'd like to call it, in September, which is the first harvest. Well, actually the second har- harvest. I think the first harvest might be Lunasa, but some people don't recognize it as such because harvest is usually associated to like the beginning of autumn. Um, but I believe like the first of August is when you can actually start really harvesting summer crops all your fruit, like strawberries, like a lot of berries start to really come about at this time. Yeah. All of these Sabbaths were previously holidays or festivities that were observed by the cyclical seasonal uh, lunar year, right? Cyclical holidays having to do with the sun and the moon have always been recognized for thousands of years just because, I don't know, I think that's the first thing that humans would associate with would associate change with right Mm -hmm. so i feel like that makes the most sense Mm -hmm. um for it to be so old yeah it was the patterns of the year it was a a a calendar that they can base the structure of their farm life of their crops and their seasons on so it completely made sense that these original dates the equinoxes that's when holidays should fall on You are also going to hear us refer to these sacred days, holidays, festivities as Sabbaths on the Wheel of the Year. So Ostera is a Sabbath. These are all Sabbath days. And this is because there was a very, very famous Wiccan named Gerald Gardner. And when this was all coming out, he kind of really pushed for Wicca to become a huge, huge religion. And he even has his own branch called Gardenarianism. But he claimed that the term Sabbath was kind of co-mingled with a Jewish Shabbat in the Middle Ages for heretic witch celebrations. And that's what really gives us the name Sabbath today when we're celebrating any witch holiday. But all of these holidays, as we're going to mention, you can kind of make it your own and incorporate your own festivities as well. Like you can celebrate more than just these eight holidays. So the specific wheel of the year that Steph described for us can be altered based on region to region and practice to practice, but it's actually pretty modern, a lot more modern than people would think. It was coined really in 1835 by a scholar and mythologist named Jacob Grimm, and some of the actual dates of the Sabbath were later given their names as we know now by a man named Aidan Kelly. Aidan was a very influential neo-pagan and poet and academic, and he actually developed his own branch of Wicca around the 1960s. But he gave the names to Litha, Sarah, and Mabin in 1974, and they were popularized later by Timothy Zell through a magazine called Green Egg. 
And for this specific episode, we're going to stick to Ostera. So we're going to talk about where the word came from, where Aidan Kelly figured out that he wanted to name this specific Sabbath Ostera. A lot of people think it comes from a pagan goddess. And while that might be the case, we're actually going to dive into where it might have really came from. So first, we're going to discuss a book written around... 731 by the Venerable Bede called The Ecclesiastical History of the Angle Peoples. Yeah, yeah. by author Bede. Yeah, and like, oh man, I love Bede. <laughs> Everyone I, loves Bede. Like he was yeah. so renowned for just being like such an amazing historian for his time. Yeah. Well, exactly. Because like he recorded, like he would basically find sources from before he even existed in that time, right? So he wrote the history, of course, in his perspective, those who no one can know if it's like fully correct or not, but as you can say that for the rest of history that we know of today, but he wrote a history before him and during his time. And Mm -hmm. he literally like wrote this, like these stories and histories until he died. Like he's like very, not solely responsible, but mostly responsible for why England knows its own history. Yeah, specifically in, I believe it was the early and high Middle Ages, and Mm -hmm. it was mostly on, which I like, it's mostly on, like, nature and the spirituality of people, so he was kind of like Mm -hmm. an early, uh, what would you call it, early anthropologist. I guess so. (laughs) Um, And, like, he traveled a lot. He became internationally known, like, in Mm -hmm. his time. And, like, for hundreds of years after, I feel like people referred to his sources and stuff just because it was so well-written and so so well-documented. Yeah. it was in that book that he mentioned Osera once. And the context Mm -hmm. was that um, around this time, so around like March 19th to 23rd, I guess, around the time that Mm -hmm. Ostera is now, that there was feasts and celebrations that were had. But, you know, like, it never said that they were celebrating a goddess named Ostera. They were just celebrating Ostera. And, like, I feel, like, personally, it must have been one of the best celebrations to have because you know the mm-hmm. hard hard winter is over a lot of people didn't make it through the winter a lot of like food at the end of winter was diminished and now you have like spring like the sun's coming back you can plant all your food so like I feel like mm-hmm. it would be such an exciting celebration yeah even yeah. if it wasn't to a god or goddess but if it was then that's perfect what's crazy though too is that like a monk who was Christian, of course, mm-hmm. literally mentioned this pre-Christian goddess in his work, mm-hmm. right? Like he wrote her name and associated this feast with spring. So like, I don't know. It's it's interesting to see that just because people make a lot of assumptions that the Christian faith just cast out a lot of the pre-Christian associations, but that's not so at all. They just basically converted things into their own yeah and associated with it that way and like how he spelled easter was like e-o-s-t-r-e like Mm -hmm. um kind of like the old english way i guess yeah yeah and then 
we see it again. Oh yeah, the, the old English. It was um mm-hmm. that pronunciation. I was reading that it was either like or like what you said, early Anglo-Saxon or Germanic, mm-hmm. but because mm-hmm. it was this proto indo-european language like we don't actually know how to pronounce that word yeah so we might say it's easter but i've also heard it been pronounced like ostra eoster like anything something like that yeah it's super hard to read but also any assumptions of the pronunciation is neither right nor wrong because we don't have evidence of what they sound like old english is really like Obviously, for me, it's difficult to pronounce because I don't know it and I, and mm-hmm. I can't read it. But I know that Middle English is somewhat close to it. Middle English came about in like, what, the 11th century when the Normans came mm-hmm. um, because it was a mixture of French and what already existed in like, uh, so Anglo-Saxon kind of thing. So like when you read those words, some of them are kind of like similar and a lot of them that ends with E like you pronounce the E that way as well, like Eostra mm-hmm. maybe or something like that, which sounds pretty Germanic too. So yeah. I feel yeah. like we're all right here. <laughs> yeah. And it said it might've like this actual word might've also came from mainland Germany. So yeah, we're just trying yeah. our best to figure out how it's yeah. pronounced, but you can take all of our languages now and kind of use those as a base, like all of the English yeah. languages. And use like what the name also reminds me of though is the biblical name Esther. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So there's that too. But that's I don't literally really the know first if there's thing that any relation. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um there was one more source actually that Aidan Kelly used to get the name Ostara. This was Einhard's text published in 1845 called Vita Caroli Magni, which is a biography of the life of Charlemagne. And in this text, it was written that the month of April was called Ostar Manoth. So yeah, I was going to say, because it sounds like Easter month. Yeah. That's what it looks like to me. So that makes sense. Mm -hmm. That would have been what people used to call April and Mm -hmm. it might have derived from the word like I said before os what that it might have been yeah Yeah. that it must might have been a word for dawn instead of a dawn goddess. So it might have just been simply called dawn month because of the equinox. Um Mm -hmm. but it just I don't know to me it just sounds super pretty. It does (laughs) sound pretty actually if a goddess is named Ostera, well that's like a beautiful name. Yeah. Also, weird association that I'm making right now, but that word sounds like elvish to me. (laughs) It does. It sounds very elvish. And I know that's because like Tolkien took a lot from Germanic languages, but also other languages too, because he was like really into linguistics. He was amazing. Also, when you mentioned that it sounds elvish, there's actually some people that hypothesize that the name Ostera sounds like, or Esther sounds like, and may have derived from the Mesopotamian goddess Ishtar, as she's a goddess of sex, war, and love as well. Hmm. I can totally see that, but I don't think there's any evidence that it would have come from. There was a connection there. Yeah. Yeah. And a huge connection or similarity that we're obviously going to address is Easter. 
the Catholic Christian version of Easter and the similarities that it has with Ostera. Um, one primary detail that people note is the dates, how Easter is always flexible, and obviously Ostera is because the equinox changes a little bit every year. But Easter is really weird. The reason Easter is a movable date or it's actually referred to as a movable feast, is because in year 325, the first major church council, the Council of Nicaea, determined that Easter has to fall on the Sunday following the first full moon after the spring equinox. So if that isn't the most pagan shit that you've heard... Yeah, I know. Easter um, has nothing to do with Christ's resurrection, in yeah. my opinion. No, it's... Basically, whenever the equinox comes around. Yeah, and and you could say the same with Passover, too, for um, Judaism. Like, mm -hmm. Passover is basically almost the same thing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, a lot of religions choose this time to celebrate, um, including those and the Hindu holy holiday and the Sikh holy mahalo. Like, these are all celebrations that are usually around the spring equinox. Do you know, like, the seasonal affective disorder or like seasonal depression i feel I like this is a, hard yes yeah, i feel like everyone does and this is like mm -hmm. the best way to get out of it because like it's like as soon as you i'm gonna quote a meme here but like as soon as like a hot day comes by or like the first warm day it's like you just popped a molly like that's what it feels like you just get depression, this like happiness gone. out of nowhere exactly like oh i'm gonna go for a walk today i'm gonna get some vitamin d i'm gonna <laughs> I'm gonna oh, do yeah. this. I'm gonna bake some bread today for some unknown reason because I feel like it, you know? Yeah, on Wednesday I went for a walk for absolutely no reason at all, but it was just like super sunny. I'm like, I'm just gonna be outside today. Yeah. And like my, you just yeah. yeah. You just feel this like abundance of happiness as soon as it gets kind of warm and the sun's out. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I'm happy that this holiday was like has just been in existence for so long because people deserve it. <laughs> yeah. With all these links to these holidays and the spring, we're bound to have some overlap, obviously. Um, and the fun part about this is that it is the idea of all of the, you know, pastel colors, Easter bunnies, eggs, and fun stuff like that. And I do think that all of this is important to understand from a more pagan context. Astera or Easter or like the coming of spring represents fertile land. So fertility in itself. So if you look at an egg, like what's the first thing you think of? Oh, something's going to be born from there. It's just, mm -hmm. it's a huge symbol of fertility, right? Yeah. And you, um, yeah. Yeah. And then rabbits, you could say the same, like, although it's a more like inappropriate way, but rabbits, they have a lot of sex. That's just what <laughs> happens. <laughs> they're very fertile creatures so on why. that rabbit mm -hmm. note I mm -hmm. did find the source that say that said that a lot of people in England used to think that hares laid eggs and that's hilarious the reason why was <laughs> because they made their nests in the same open fields as these lapwing birds and the lapwing mm. birds made their nests in the ground that the hares okay. were just chilling in. Yeah. So people thought that hares evolved from birds for a while because of this, and that hares also laid eggs because they were finding eggs everywhere. 
I was always wondering where that came from. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and now and, I know. So thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that was really cute. And then yeah. um, people linked rabbits and hares to the goddess Austera, Esther, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. if that was a thing. And then also it became super, super commercialized because when the advancements of postage stamps came out, Hallmark was like, I'm going to get on this. So they mm-hmm. started making all of these like greeting cards because they wanted people to obviously buy their products. And they mm-hmm. started making holiday cards such as Easter cards. And on these cards are like, what should we put on? And like, why not put like cute baby rabbits and like eggs and stuff? Because that's that's what's going to sell, right? Like you're not going to yeah. have a pagan goddess on the front, I guess. <laughs> yeah. If you want to sell it to the masses. Yeah, no one's going to. Well, some would probably buy it, but I most would, would probably, <laughs> I think there would be a lot of protests just because of that back then. <laughs> mm-hmm. And then obviously, since it's Hallmark, they started doing the chocolates and all that. But I do think mm-hmm. that the concept of an Easter bunny came from mm-hmm. this like uh, from Germany because there was a lot of early like 16th century writings that said that if well-behaved kids made a nest with their like little bonnets, they would receive colored eggs in them. Hmm. So that was a tradition that was separate, I think from Easter that just happened around the same time. And then the Christian Easter took that tradition over. Yeah, that's cool. That's pretty cool. And then also, I think in China, when telling the story of like how the universe formed and all that, I think Mm -hmm. life began or the universe began as an egg. So you have another egg. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So everywhere has eggs. Yeah. Fertility. Fertility everywhere. (laughs) Yeah. So... Um, how can we celebrate Ostera? What do you do? I sent you a picture of what we do, (laughs) but I'll talk first about what we traditionally did in Poland as more of a Catholic country. And then I'll talk about the witchy things later, but back home, we used to paint pisanki and these are pretty much Easter eggs that you would paint. I don't know if it's only a Polish thing. I was looking it up. It said it might be Ukrainian, but I think it could be a thing for all Slavics. Mm-hmm. I think it's just Slavic because honestly, um, when I was um, cataloging artifacts, one of them was actually a Pisanki in a frame. And then, what? yeah, yeah. And then it had a, a description and I found like this old accession list of when they got it and the research that was done on it. And then it said it was Ukrainian. So I, but if you're saying it's Polish, like, I just feel like it's a very Slavic thing to do. So. Oh, it's for sure Slavic. And yeah. I know that historically we have, th- there's also like Slavic gods and goddesses in their mythology. And I know mm-hmm. that they're, Sun deity was called mm-hmm. Dajbug, Bug meaning God. Okay. And I think this is like all over the Eastern Europe, like Ukraine, mm-hmm. probably yeah. like Bulgaria, Russia, Poland, all of that. Mm-hmm. And 
you used to set up altars, which is where where I think this came from because we still on Mm. Easter, we set up, we have to take a basket of eggs and this is the Catholic way of doing it now, but you take a basket of eggs, you paint them like super ornately, super beautifully like in that picture I showed you or yeah, you catalog gorgeous mm-hmm. usually yeah. with like wax and stuff or, or like okay I, don't know, I, I, I was wondering like what kind of paints were used because like how does it just like dry that way or stay that way like that's incredible it reminds me of like um what do you call it what's that basilica in Russia in Moscow St. Basil's church St. Basil's Church. Oh, the one that looks like super colorful. Yes, that's what mm-hmm. they remind me of. They look like that. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, they're super yeah. well done. So we take those in a basket after we've painted them. And then now we would go to a church and like just put the basket down on a table and the priest would just come and splash holy water over it, and then you have your blessed eggs. Um, yeah. But yeah, it's just like this super cool tradition that I like and like when I was doing it as a kid like I don't know how it connects with God or Jesus in any way yeah <laughs> neither do I there, I, I just did I it for fun that connection yeah mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> um and I know for Easter eggs I don't know like what paints you can use but I know there's a lot of natural ways to dye mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah like a lot of people use like watercolors or just like any sort of paint like they don't have to have an intricate design all the time they can just be like colorful eggs whatever you want to do mm-hmm. yeah do you do anything else for Ostera? like obviously there's cleaning which like the regular spring clean which I feel like everyone does in the springtime mm-hmm. and then I I don't know why but I always like bake <laughs> some sort of like sweet like either it's like a sweet bread or a cake or something like that. I know a really popular thing to do is bake hot cross buns as well. But I feel like I bake bread for like every one of the... Yeah, I think you do. (laughs) Holidays, like all of them. Like I literally have a different bread for each one. (laughs) (laughs) But this, like around this time of year, it's more of like sweetness because I'm thinking about like the sweetness of what spring will bring and how flowers are sweet and stuff like that. Yeah, I personally don't do a lot of baking, but I definitely do the spring cleaning and the gardening. In fact, I just planted my um, garden the other day because it's it's a really good time to plant right now in Ontario. But <laughs> I had a bunch of seed packets that didn't have a label mm-hmm. on it. So I don't know. Oh God. <laughs> what they're going to be or if they're even going to grow because obviously you have to like cultivate them all different ways yeah. and stuff. But mystery garden. <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll see. I'm hoping for a lot of parsley this year, but. Ooh, nice. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I was reading that if you want to get all horoscopy and all that, like this is a really good time to start, you know, if you want to look for a new job, a pay raise, if you want to like start manifesting like new goals Mm -hmm. into your year instead of doing it in New Year's, this is a better time to do that. Yeah, very, very true. As for those of you that practice a little bit more and have an altar set up you can do or even if you don't um there are numerous things that you can do as well as little offerings 
Light some candles. Mm-hmm. If you want to um, do like candles in pastel Easter colors. Yeah. Like what or, colors would you recommend? Like I would say green is probably a good one. Green Just always because, comes to mind. And then for yeah. some reason, purple. Yeah. Yeah. Well, purple, like for me, purple stands for like spirit, I guess. Mm-hmm. So... I also do, mm-hmm. since this is a time of, like, balance day and night, you could do one white candle and one black candle. Yeah. Yeah. That's, yeah, I always do that for every equinox, too. Yeah. Um, and then you could also do, like, gold for sunlight, just because the days are getting longer, and this is, like, the time of the sun king or oh, the sun god, idea. however you want to say. Yeah. Yeah. I, and then I know that Beltane after that is, like, the colors of yellow and, like, pink or red and stuff I feel like pink or red will be okay for this time too just because of fertility yeah but it's pretty much like what you make it like if you put intentions with what you want and Mm -hmm. then also like do it for your own like if you're doing it for like a goddess or deity do it for what you want as well yeah yeah and if you have crystals you can charge them in the sunlight too and as um, in your notes, it says rose quartz and rose quartz is probably my favorite crystal. I think it's everyone's favorite crystal. I think it's just honestly easiest. It's versatile as hell. You like, can do anything. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, but yeah. rose quartz specifically because it's for balance, fertility and love. I kind of thought about getting like kind of not a statue, but like a mini sculpture of like a female figure but just with no like identity she wouldn't be associated with any god or goddess goddess um specifically just because I feel like what I tend to do like I think for me I associate these holidays and like spirituality more toward a female figure just because I I want to connect to earth more to me earth is a mother and it's a woman So like, that's how I think of it. So like you could have one and not identify it as a specific deity. And I feel like that could work too, if you're not like ready to go down a specific path yet. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's what I do too. I started looking at like, Mm -hmm. just like Slavic ones as well, just because I want to give like a little homage to my family. Um, Yeah. I guess I'll just read the ones that I started writing. So just gods or goddesses associated with spring or fertility could be Isis, Osiris, Freya, or Pan even. Mm -hmm. Brigid is another good one. Brigid was actually, she's Mm -hmm. the goddess for for in bulk. Usually people um, associate her with in bulk, but she still like has something to do with the coming of spring. She has everything to do with light. Yeah. I always feel like... Imbolc kind of gives way to Ostera, you know? Yeah, exactly. Like it, it's the precursor to spring. It's like yeah, it prepares. opening the door. Yeah. Yeah. Opening the door and then Ostera is walking through kind of thing. Mm-hmm. I think one thing about our discussion that, you know, makes me really like Wicca and neo-paganism is basically there's no one mold or like one fit for everybody you kind of choose what you want to do if that's you know following a god or goddess deity or following a certain sect or 
you know, even the differences between you and me. Like there are different paths that you can take in Wicca, whether it be like the Celtic way. Like, you know how people say, oh, I'm I'm an eclectic witch, I'm a green witch, Mm -hmm. I'm a kitchen witch, however. So people can practice Wicca in their own way through there, through that. Mm -hmm. I think with all of these traditions, as we're summing up what we do, I think we also just want to say that, you know, Whatever you do, do it for you. Do it with thanks to the earth for getting through another season. There's absolutely no right or wrong way to celebrate the uh, spring equinox. If you don't even observe it, then that's completely fine. Like, we're not trying to tell you that you have to start burning candles and baking sweet breads or anything. (laughs) Um, No, but I, I hope you spend Ostera for you yourself and with your loved ones and celebrate the coming springtime and happy times and thoughts and spirit i guess and for (laughs) anyone in the south Mm -hmm. happy maven happy autumn equinox happy harvest time it's a great time of year yeah it is a great time of year oh and also (laughs) happy saint patrick's day i believe that's tomorrow because we're going to release this on the 16th so with all of that we would just like to say thank you very much for listening to another episode of witch story if you enjoyed today's episode please don't forget to rate and subscribe to us normally we do talk about trials but we will also talk about history like today and other folktales along the way i don't know why that rhymed (laughs) if you want to reach out to us please give us an email at witchstorypod at gmail.com or follow us on social media we're on twitter and instagram at at witchstorypod thanks for listening and tune back again next week for another episode bye everybody